This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Forever. and Jamie are two best friends and they love sex and the city and they couldn't help but wonder do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Cheese, so many dudes. every single dude, all the dudes and we couldn't help but wonder with Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno I'm Jamie Lee and I'm Rose Cerno and this is Couldn't, Couldn't Help, but, Help wonder. but Wonder, a podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to, to us. us. Oh, Hi, Jamie Lena. My God. Hello, Rosalita. Who were you this week, my sweet? Oh, God. Golly gee, God. <laughs> um, who the fuck was I? Sorry, I have to, like, collect my thoughts. According to Instagram, it seems like it was a bit of a rough and tumble. It was a little, yeah, okay, good, that's good, yes. A little touch yes, and go. A little touch and go, so maybe a little bit of a Miranda. She's the um, one who really. Yeah, I feel like she's always kind of like, jug, like, yeah, I just feel like she's kind of always worried. Yeah, like she, she kinda, is. There's always a problem, and yeah. that's kind of how mm-hmm. I felt this week. I have been feeling like a lot of gratitude but for some reason i honestly think because elements of my life during the pandemic or just the pandemic in general not even ellen's my life just like the last whatever 2020 mm-hmm. i guess was like oh, how am i trying Stable? to describe it it was like all no, the same no it, it yeah it was all the same and also like not great obviously um, Which so made I changes. Think, You're living on another coast, and right. So I think that now, because things are actually good, I'm looking for something to be bad because my brain was trained to think everything was bad all the time. So like, I almost am not adjusted to the fact that like, actually, I'm fine. Like everything is actually fine. Also, actually, something that is Charlotte in the movie. Not to tip things, but oh like- my god, that's right. You know what, though, also, I feel like as the pandemic winds down um, and, like, regular life comes back, I do think for some people there will be an adjustment. Like, you were going through a lot personally, and I feel like it was very easy in the pandemic to be like, I'm just going to keep my head down and work on things, and no one's going to expect me to, like, interact, and I don't have to, like... That's right. And now it's like, oh, okay, now you have to go out and be with people. And talk about things and open up about shit. And it's it's intense. That's true. It's like your world is kind of, yeah, your world's like being infiltrated again. Mm-hmm. It's just not as private as it was. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are parts of that that I love. Last night, I properly like went to a bar with a big group. And Fun. I kind of had a moment of like looking around. I'm like, oh, this is so surreal. Like, Was it fun? I know. I Yeah, it was so fun. But I. Yeah, it was just like I really had a moment of like, yeah, just like 
truly just taking stock of how many people were sitting in a group and none of us were worried. I mean, it was outside, but still like during the pandemic, it was like, keep it to a minimum of six. And it was like 10 people or something, 11, maybe. I don't I know. Like, wow. Now that I'm vaxxed, I really feel chill as hell. Me like, too. I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. I'm like popping into stores. Oh yeah. 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 I, I, last night there was a girl there who very casually said she doesn't want to get the shot. Ew, gross. And yeah, and then she was like, and my friend's mad at me. He called me selfish. And I was it like, It is selfish. Uh yeah. I was just a little like, I understand having concerns about getting a shot that is new and corona's new, and there's just so much we don't know. Like, I I understand all the concerns. I really do. It was just like, you're not gonna get vaccinated? Like, I don't know. I was just like, uh, okay. Like, I don't know. I'm sure people listening are like, I feel the same way that this girl did because people are very split on it. It seems it's really hard for me to like, um, separate this from I'm very close with my mom and she's a public health right person. So I, to me, it's like a very black and white issue, but I'm coming from a very particular place. No, I think I feel that I, Honestly, I don't. Well, I'm not coming from the same place you are. I don't have anyone in the medical profession in my family, but I definitely didn't think twice. I was like, whatever mm-hmm. I have to do to like get. Life but back. even beyond that, like, I do think it's selfish for people not to. <laughs> and like, I definitely think everyone should get it. It only works if people get it. Like, it, exactly. COVID and will never go away if 50 percent of the population doesn't get it. I, it's also just, I have so many opinions about this. It's a different this, podcast because the things yeah. people do to themselves, it's like a vaccine. Like you fucking do cocaine. You like yeah. have <laughs> no. Botox in your face. There's a lot exactly. of stuff that you do. There's that, a lot of shit we do that is not good for us. The Impossible Burger, that's made in a lab and is made out of Absolutely. weird stuff. I'm just oh, saying yeah. that, Tofu, like, don't get me started. Yeah, so I think I, I think I, I think I have issues. Yeah, I have a neighbor who's like, oh, I would never get that, you know, and oh, God. she's a vegetarian yoga girl. And I just feel like, yeah, I guess if you just everyone benefits from everyone who's getting the vaccine and it is exactly. selfish. So I'm sorry. It that's does. My thought. It protects other people. Yeah. And if you I, don't I am, get it, it doesn't go away. Like it'll just that's right. Keep going. Um, Rose, who are you this week? I think I. I'm a reverse carry when she refused to go to therapy. Okay, meaning because you went and loved it. No, no, nothing particular about therapy and specifically, but I just feel like I made some really cool choices this week that feel like the result of doing good work, if that makes sense. That sounds really vague. I, um, I got really panicky and anxious at the beginning of the week, mm. and I feel like I really was able to calm myself down and like walk myself off a ledge and like actually move forward. Like, yeah, you know, it's like, it's, it's a weird time. Um, and then I also, you know, I'm single, I'm dating and, um, I was going on some dates with someone and it was moving a little too fast for me Uh. in all ways. I felt like, um, I like PDA. I'm a very warm, affectionate person, but not until I'm in an official relationship with somebody. I don't like holding you mean like hands. Drink. Oh, oh, I see. I don't yeah. like holding hands or somebody taking my hand at dinner, at, like in public mm. or like putting their arm around my waist, like at date two or three. Mm. Like that's mm-hmm. way too soon I get for that. me. 
I get that. Yeah, I think I'm that so way she'll... too. I hadn't really thought about it, but I guess I am probably the same way. I think it's totally legit and lovely once I've made my decision about somebody. Mm-hmm. But before I do, I feel like, what is this? Like, um, right. so I had a really great conversation and I was like really nice and sweet. And I just like made my boundaries and the conversation went really well. And um, yeah, I just feel like I'm becoming a kind of person where it's like. I'm deciding what works for me and that's what I'm doing and I'm expressing it and that's that. And like. Mm-hmm. It just feels healthy instead of like what most people do, which is, oh, something's bothering me. I'm going to not say anything and then I'm going to be really resentful about it. And then I'm going to be passive aggressive and then I'm going to be anxious and then I'm going to get drunk and say how I feel like. Sure. Well, what what did you say to him? What was like, how did it how did it come up? I brought it up. I was just like. Um. I just said, like, you're really attractive and I'm like enjoying hanging out with you. And and I think you and I are really similar. I was like, I'm very physically affectionate as well. And it feels good in the moment. But I think I am like a chihuahua that's very skittish about getting into a relationship. And I need to be like slowly put in like a warm bath. Like it cannot go fast for me because it really rubs me up. So to me, doing all that touch in public feels like we're closer than we are at this point. And I'm down to do that in like a in a relationship. But I don't feel like that's where I am yet. And he was like, thank you for telling me. Great. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that he responded so like nicely and succinctly. Oh, he was like, it's really a relief to go out with somebody who says what's yeah. on their mind. Sure. Yeah. So I was just really proud of myself for managing this sort of anxious spiral that I had at the beginning of the week. And then um, sort of just this dating thing. And, you know, I'm dating around. I'm, I just feel like the way I'm dating now is like the calmest, most grounded I've ever felt. Like I, I am not. What do you rush. think shifted? You're just like I think maybe my twelve step program that I've been doing for like a year and a half. ACA. I think that's probably one of the most intense like areas of progress in my life of where I'm that's seeing awesome. it in like my creative life, in my writing life, in my dating life. I just feel yeah. a little less. Um, I mean, I still get waves of anxiety at the beginning of the week. I was anxious because my writing fellowship is now officially over and I'm up for staffing and I have no idea when I'm going to get staffed and I have to figure out what job I'm going to get until I get staffed. And I was just having a little bit of a anxiety job meltdown. And so it's not like, oh, I did 12 step in ACA and now I never get anxious. I totally get anxious still. But when I was having that, I was like, you know what, Rose, just sitting in front of your computer and trying to write right now in this state is absolutely worthless. I meditated. I took a long walk. I made myself a nourishing meal. And I was like, and we'll start again tomorrow. And then tomorrow was better, you know, and it's just like there's just certain days where it's just like game over for today. This is just not going to be a day. And I, yeah, trying to make myself make this a day is a fucking waste of time. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's just like, okay, this is how I feel today. And then also trying to like in a better state. It was also like after I had had, I think another part of that anxiety spiral wasn't just the just job stuff. I think it was also, um, I had had a date with that guy and he was just like, Mm -hmm. it was just it just felt like the intensity with which he liked me sort of overwhelmed me. Cause I was like, I felt like a little much. Mm. And I think that was sort of like getting me like, ah, I don't, yes. I don't like to feel like worshipped on a pedestal. Like, 
with somebody I just met. Because then I feel like, is this even about me or is this codependence? Like, because mm. it's like normal to like somebody, but there's a level of it where it doesn't feel like it's healthy to me. Mm-hmm. If okay. it comes too fast, it can come from a weird place. That's and also it does lead to yeah. anxiety. I have, I feel like that is the emotion it elicits. It makes you like, ah, yeah, I'm not in sex and love addicts anonymous. I'm not in slaw, but there's like a slaw saying that they use with dating. And they say the slower that you go, the more, you know, which means mm. like, just take your time and get to know someone like totally the slower you go, the more, you know, if there's like actually a there, there, like that makes a lot of sense. True. And I'm, I'm really into that vibe. So yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I think that like oftentimes, like if somebody is really like complimentary to you or like worshiping you, there's like a part of you that's like, oh, this feels good. But then there's a party that feels like, ah, I don't know if I'm like there as well. And like it's. And do they want to be worshiped in return? Like that's not something I do. All of that stuff. Yeah. And I think that like the healthier I'm getting, the more I'm spotting codependency like really fast. And when. Mm a guy is like needs someone to be like you're perfect and i'm just gonna put everything on you because like i don't really know who i am and so like you have to like be everything and like make all our decisions and you know it's there's a lot of guys out there like that or at least i happen to have like that thing that helps you find loose change at the beach (laughs) i have that for those guys so (laughs) if anybody wants someone to blindly worship them you have an anxious guy detector yeah yeah like a just to fuse with them (laughs) <laughs> let me know <laughs> well i think it's i mean it sounds like it's off to a good start with that dude from what, everything i've heard i mean i feel Are bad saying not, it but you're not oh I, it's done so i haven't said it officially but i think i realized yesterday that it is okay so a really good was start it, was <laughs> it the yeah <laughs> yeah was it the um affection anxiety that like made it seem not viable or were there other things i was sensing some codependency and I was sensing a dynamic that I don't like where like I'm in charge of everything and I'm the boss and I'm totally in control and someone's just going with whatever I, Mm -hmm. I'm a very strong person, like, but I'm not looking for like a beta follower. Like I'm looking for somebody who can hold their own and push back, you know? Yes. Okay. That's a very, that's a very, very real reason. I get that. Yeah. And I just found myself on a very gut level being like, Mm-hmm. I feel bad. I really hope he doesn't listen to this. He's a lovely guy. So nice. Very handsome. Like, just yeah, not you're for great. Me. If you're listening, you're great. I hope you're we, not listening. Also, we do love the numbers, but we do. Yeah. <laughs> what numbers? Just the listenership. We 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 we're never going to turn away a listener. But no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, no. you're right. Yeah. I mean, definitely always like, trying to build. Please like to build review and subscribe. <laughs> actually, if you don't mind, just don't subscribe to me. Do you guys think that's mean that I'm talking about it on here, but I haven't like let the person know he doesn't listen, does he? I think it's okay. he doesn't listen. And I'm not like giving any clues at all. Yeah, totally fine. I think it's okay. totally fine. Okay, thanks, guys. OK. All right. Well, um, Let's uh, dive into not another episode of Sex and the City, but part one of the first Sex and the City movie. Oh, man. Oh, man. We are so psyched to talk about this movie. May I say something before we start? You may. Thank you, Jamie Lee. I have to say, I hadn't seen the movie in quite a while. I mean, Mm -hmm. years. And I know that the second movie has a humongous reputation for being terrible. I probably saw it. I don't remember much about it. But I have to say, I watched the first half so that we could talk about it. And then I'll watch the yeah. second half. 
I was loving it. I oh, yeah. was like, it's a blast. I was like, this movie does not get enough credit. This is like as fun. This is like clueless. I'm like having such a good time watching. I know. I I watch it a lot too. I there is something about it that is not great. What? But I keep coming back to it. I don't know. I actually don't know. Maybe my taste has gotten worse. I think it's great, Jamie. I actually I think do it's too. great. Rose, I want to be clear. I watch it all the time. I want to mm. be clear. Like every few months, I will like put it on the background or something. Oh. So I clearly love it, but there's something I'm sure Skylar can tell me. What what do you think I don't like about it? My <laughs> thing is I had a good time watching it, but it there's something about it that doesn't feel it doesn't really feel like a movie. It feels, it feels like, like a, a season episode. of the show. It feels like a long episode or like you break this out a little bit. This is like six episodes of the show pretty easily. And it feels a lot like that to me. Maybe that's why I love it. It kind of just keeps going and going and going and going and going. And you're like, there's just like so many problems and so much is achieved over. Yeah. I mean, like, look, this is also the reason I love it. Like the reason I hate it is probably the reason I love it. So that's interesting. I think you guys are right about. Maybe why people don't consider it like a great film is maybe because it does feel like more TV. But I think because I love the show, even if it just feels like the show, I'm like completely on board. No, and it's Absolutely. also so like splashy and fun and it's fast paced and it has fun music like and they go to Mexico. Like it is a blast. Yeah, it it's is a blast. The you thing know, is, it feels it's, like. Sorry, go ahead. Skylar. I was just going to say it's a it's a really fun season of the show. It's yeah. it's weird as a movie, I think is what the is what what my bump is. I think is. that's right. I think that's a real I bet it oh I wonder oh, that's a Jenny Bix question. I wonder if um any of the plots or plot points um had been developed in the room and then they used them. Totally. Yeah, it'd be fascinating. That's interesting. Um, I have to say also that there are two, a couple other things I want to say just as a general note before we dive in is that the fashion I think it was the best it's ever been. I think mm. everyone looks the hottest they've ever looked. Like, at least Miranda looks incredible. Yeah. And, you know, there are entire scenes where it's a montage of Sarah Jessica. Just, look. I mean, she's got perfect hair extensions. Her hair is so amazing. She's got such a bod. And she's just trying on these dresses. And I'm like, watching this movie feels like sitting with your best friends in high school and flipping through a 17 and being like, That's I'd wear true. that. I wouldn't wear that. Like. That montage, that that like closet montage is just so like, I bet the studio is like, you got to put one in. We need a montage. We need a fashion show. It was so fun to watch. I mean, for me, I just love clothes and fashion and they really indulge us in this movie. Yeah, it is one where even I mean, obviously this show when it was on had HBO money, big budgets, but like you can even feel it. The ramp up here, the movie money here is really on the so, screen. So, so much movie money. Okay, well, cool. with that, Rose, take us into part one of the first Sex and the City movie. Thank you, James. The first Sex and the City movie opens up with quite the catch-up montage. Charlotte and Harry are living with their daughter, Lily. Um, Miranda and Steve are deep in their Brooklyn life with Brady. Samantha's managing Smith's career, which is like he's now a really successful TV actor and they're both living in L.A. And Carrie and Big have been together for 10 years now. Carrie and Big are also apartment hunting, which isn't going great. But their broker does know one more place that they could look, a penthouse. It is almost perfect, except the closet is the size of a shoebox. Miranda wants Carrie to be protected and not give up her apartment. Big will own the new one, 
But Carrie just wants her to be happy for her. A little jealous, but mostly happy. The core four catch up at an auction where Samantha has her eye on a flower diamond ring. But even with her Hollywood cash, she loses the bidding for the ring. It was such a fun scene. Everything that was for sale came from a woman whose relationship fell apart and all because she never married the guy. Miranda, Charlotte, and Samantha look at Carrie. What if that happens to her? So Big and Carrie end up talking about the penthouse and would Carrie own it? Would Big own it? Would they own it together? She offers to sell her place so she can have some stake in the penthouse, but Big says that's not necessary. Why don't they just get married? We decided to get married. (laughs) And I'm deaf. Everybody is looking. Sorry. I'm so sorry, everyone, but this is my friend, and she just got engaged, and she has been going out with the man for 10 years. I am mortified. There is literally a ringing in my ear. And the big news was about to go by Coastal. Samantha Jones. Well... I made a little decision I hope you'll be happy about. Oh, honey, you finally got Botox. (laughs) No, I did not get Botox. I'm telling you, Carrie, you're going to love it. I did not call to talk about Botox. Well, I'm just saying. So, um, last week. After the auction, I started thinking about my options. Right. And, um, well, Big and I decided to get married. Really? Yeah. Well, that's great. You sounded more excited about the Botox. Honey, I am excited for you, but you know me. I don't really believe in marriage. Now, Botox, on the other hand, that works every time. Honey, I I gotta go. We can catch up when I'm in town next week. Hello. I think I was in shock. I mean, it's you getting married. This is not some random person, it's you. Yeah, I hear ya. I guess I thought that after that big mess with Aiden, you'd never want to get married. So I put you in my weird never getting married file, and now I'm gonna have to take you out of that file. Well, I'm sorry about all the extra paperwork. Mm, You'll get my bill. Samantha, it just feels so different this time. You know, there's no cliched, romantic, kneeling on one knee. It's just two grown-ups making a decision about spending their lives together. Well, I'm happy for you. (laughs) Oh, and hey, one more thing. I want you to be maid of honor. How do you feel about that? The same way you feel about Botox. Painful and unnecessary. I have to say, I'm very surprised that out of all of the girls, she would choose Samantha because number one, she would know Samantha wouldn't enjoy this. And I'm sorry, I'm sticking with my conspiracy theory that I think Miranda and Carrie are the best friends out of all of them. Yes, the only reason it needs to be Samantha is because we need to get the perspective of like, don't like like kind of we need to get like the anti-marriage perspective in there because I think Mm -hmm. it reminds the audience sort of like where Carrie's at like they kind of use Samantha for exposition 
because if she called Miranda, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, it could be interesting if she called Miranda, but I do understand why they went with Samantha. I think it makes sense she didn't call Miranda to get excited because Miranda's just a rain on your parade type. Yes. But do you agree that like in terms of friendship dynamics and closeness, because isn't the maid of honor, like even though it's so dramatic to have to pick, isn't that sort of like your best friend? Yeah. But then also Miranda, like she kind of was like, well, what's the deal with the apartment? Like, are you getting like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. She's a little, I feel like she's still soured on like their relationship, even though they've been together 10 years. I don't know why anyone is surprised by this. If they've been together 10 years, like it, it seems very anticlimactic to be honest. I also just think uh, having Samantha as the maid of honor solves a little bit of a story problem with uh, having having her in LA because like the entire movie she's flying back to New York for like at every every opportunity and if she's the maid of honor then it's like there's another clean reason for her to be around everyone again I think it works for the story's purposes I'm talking about like does it make sense considering totally. six seasons six and a half seasons they've laid out but yeah I mean maybe because she like wants permission to I think that's mm-hmm. also the type of conversation they're having it's not just like I'm getting married it's like you You're my it? friend who knows what? Sorry, no, no. I was thinking in Samantha, oh, like, like, yeah, well, almost it's like, needing yeah, her to say it's she okay. She needs her to say it's okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. A little. That's bit. interesting. I, I also thought that it was relatively lucid and like mature of Samantha to call back like five minutes later and have the emotional intelligence to say, "I'm sorry, I wasn't excited for you. I was personally spiraling because I was thinking about what you you're doing." is impacting my sense of it's kind of like if you stop drinking and then you have a friend with an alcohol problem and they're like, come on, keep drinking because you have to yeah. be in my. And it's like, OK, well, if you're really secure not being married to Smith, then you shouldn't care. But it's like she must have some insecure feelings because otherwise, why does it matter what anyone else is doing? Like, totally. That's yeah. Yes, that's yeah. It's a really good point. I also thought that the penthouse thing was really interesting when. They like are like the beginning of this movie starts with Big and Carrie looking at like comically shitty apartments where it's like the bathtub is in the kitchen. And when you open the refrigerator, you sleep inside of the freezer drawer. And it's like they go from that and they're like, there's also like a penthouse that's like there's also one that's actually a fully different price range uh, for (laughs) Rockefellers if you want to see that. Yeah. And then he's like. Yeah, let's see that. I mean, I'm sorry. This is just writer stuff to be picking. It but it's like it is it for is. them to be seeing these like dumps and then being like, but I could also see a five million dollar penthouse as well as like a right. rat hole in like Crown yeah. Heights or something. Our range, um, our budget is actually um, <laughs> somewhere in the five hundred thousand dollars to um, sixteen point eight million. Yeah, it's our, like, do you have anything? That's, our, that's the yeah. kind of the window, the small narrow window we're trying to stay inside of. We're working with like a pretty tight bracket. Basically, we can afford anything. It's like, like a sloppy like, Joe and a hand job, and then like one billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking for like, I mean, we're open. We're open to an eight bedroom, but like, we're also cool with the two. Yeah, I'd love to too. see. I'd love to see like a really claustrophobic railroad with like m- like some black mold and green point. But then also, what do you have in the Flatiron Building? 
But definitely if you could sort of exclusively show us shitholes for like a couple of months and then reveal that you actually have something we'd like, that'd be cool. It was just so stupid. I was like, you're so right. It's such a funny thing to pick up on. I never thought of it. You're so right. It's fucking crazy. It's also like that shithole apartment is not in the same building as this 5,000 square foot floor to ceiling like palacio you know what i mean yeah no it is it's like the fucking bellagio no there's definitely like angels with like water fountains coming out of its like butthole and mouth like it's like (laughs) i keep showing you great utility closets and you guys just won't buy (laughs) oh god that made me that that made me happy um all right it's kind of an interesting wedding conversation too because it's like a really unromantic way to start talking about getting married to be like Hey, if I move into your place, I have no, I mean, maybe this is just what being an adult, an adult is and it's being responsible, but ugh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like that is pretty unromantic to be like, Hey, you could really fuck me over if we're not married financially. <laughs> so like, yeah. let's get married so that like, if we break up, I'm not like homeless. It just feels like a really, yeah, really unromantic start it's to a marriage. I, I mean, definitely. I'm surprised that when I watch that scene, I still do find it romantic because they have such a good chemistry, I guess. Because like when he does the mm-hmm. thing where he's like chopping or I can't remember what he was doing. He was like cooking something. And he's like, I wouldn't yeah. mind being married to you. I was like, oh, that actually is kind of like sweet. Like I felt like he had been thinking about totally it or sweet. something. So but I know what you mean. It's like the logistics. But but it's so true, though, like. If you're I guess if you're secure in your relationship, having kind of like a gentle startup conversation versus like a a thrilling proposal probably would be romantic. If like Mm -hmm. the foundation of the relationship is great, you might not even like think of it like that. But I think, yeah, when you're watching it in a movie, it feels like. Oh, okay. We're so used to like this part of it being like windswept really on exciting. the yeah. yeah, or like more of a more of a conversation. Whereas this was just like, yeah, we're in our kitchen and we kind of like decided. I don't know. I in a weird. I don't know what it. What does it say about me though that I thought it was romantic? Like no, I no, actually no. did. I think you're right. Well, it's romantic for somebody like him because he's so anti. And if we're being completely honest, ninety percent of engagements are probably more like this you already live together you've already been there for a long time it's you know even the idea of doing like a surprise well and then like all of a sudden you turn around and someone's on one knee and you're like on a veranda it's like and you're like get up like stand up you're like people can see you you fucking moron (laughs) people are looking he's like i thought you would like that get off stand up your knees are filthy get up right now you stand up looks like you're about to eat me out (laughs) yeah i think that i think that you're right that it's not not so bad i also do have to say one thing that i think is really interesting too again sex in the city is a beloved show for many different kinds of people and it was a rallying show for people who self-identify as basics or have been called basics by their hipster friends but it's not that basic that a it's woman has basically decided it's pretty clear she's not having kids. She's in her deep 40s at this point. The star of the rom-com is in her late 40s, not interested in having kids, having a really adult discussion about like, we should probably get married so that I don't get screwed over in a breakup. Yeah, it's a it's a really great point. It is. Yeah, it's funny because you're right. It is like 
it's also just marketed as like, you know, get ready for the glitter and the glam of sex in the city. It's like she like got not pr- proposed to in a kitchen. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like for a show for like, like chick stuff. It's like, it's pretty progressive. Yeah. It's amazing. No, it is. It, it's packaged as like everything you, know, you could ever here want. Here we go again. Yeah. yeah. Here we go again. Another classic rom-com. And then it's like, not, not really guys. Not like, exactly. They go, pretty, they go pretty deep. Um, okay. Well, take us back into it, Rose. And Carrie, Charlotte, and Anthony, our favorite character, get to wedding planning. They're limiting their guest count to 75 guests, and Carrie's already found the dress. Unfortunately, it's very plain. I just have to say, this is a really funny scene. And even when he's like, think about it, how it sounds, 75 guests. It has to be 75 because you have 76. It's just, I mean, all I'm saying is Anthony is like smoked paprika. It only takes a tiny bit to just flavor (laughs) the whole dish. Yeah, Pop a scene lingo. with him. Yeah, I yes, I appreciated the food reference. Um, yeah, he's just he really does like spice up every single scene. And I love that um, she shows them this like really frumpy, like boxy blazer and like mid-length skirt, and is like, I'm gonna get married in this. Also, just another writer's note, her being like, What? Like, what you're like, do you understand? Like, you literally wear like tinfoil berets. Like <laughs> you are into fashion, you're fashion forward. Yeah. Like, so for you to just show this like shit, whatever outfit. It's like, looks that like you it's know, Barbara you Walters. know, it's plain. Yeah. You know, it's Barbara Walters <laughs> chic. And like, so then to have them be baffled by it, like, it just doesn't make sense. Like she would not. You're so right, Jamie. It's, it's not like, fabulous enough for her. It's like your whole life is like spiraling into debt so that you can wear a tiny hat. Like a mini hat. So you can like bury a tiny hat in your hair somewhere for like. Oh, I have to say. Oh, God, I have to say it now. I'm sorry. It's a spoiler. But everyone who's listening has already seen the movie a thousand times. Yes, of course. I also thought this movie was very funny. I don't know if Michael Patrick King wrote it or who wrote it. But like there was a. He did. There was a moment where like it's after her botched wedding where she was like, was I into it? There was a fucking bird in my Mm -hmm. hair. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know. I love when she references her own fashion. It happens so rarely. And just like realizing that she's like bananas with fashion. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Um, okay, so back home later, Charlotte sees that Carrie has an announcement for her wedding on page six. Big and Carrie are a little annoyed because like Big has issues with like anything that's like <laughs> public about their relationship, <laughs> apparently. But Enid. Carrie's editor at Vogue sees it as an opportunity. What if Carrie is their 40-year-old bride in the age issue of the magazine? Enid insists she'll be the last single girl. Also, I have to interrupt again, and I'm sorry. I just feel like, first of all, I think it's really interesting that no one knows who leaked it to the press, and it's actually a story thread that never gets resolved, because my gut was like, oh, we're going to find out in a scene and a half that... Samantha gifted it to them as a wedding present to give them tons of PR. Like Mm -hmm. the fact that that Mm. like the fact that they say we don't know who did this. I thought for sure there would be an answer to that question. So I thought it was really interesting that they even brought that up and then didn't answer it. I think in their heads, they're like, this is a subtle way to show that we've gotten way more famous in the last 10 years. Like like big, big might be like more of a Rockefeller now and like maybe did some big like business venture like maybe they're more of an it couple now than they were. That's interesting. And that was their way of sort of doing it with like I, 
I also yeah. side with Big and Carrie about being annoyed about it because it's like, I'm very jinxy and superstitious. And if I got married, I wouldn't want it to be built up because it would stress me oh, out. Yeah. Like I Same. would want it to be really private. So like, sure. I actually totally understand. I also think that Enid is one of the most fascinating characters on this show. Enid to me feels like the self-critical voice that every single woman has. That's like anything after 40 is an embarrassing clown mess. Like just how harsh she is about ageism. And it's like, so self-hating. Like if you're put on a wedding dress in your fifties, like you're a hilarious dog that we all feel bad for. It's like the level of criticism and misogyny is like really an ageism. I think Enid brings it every scene she's in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she does. She's very insecure and she, it's good because she always has, it's a great thing for Carrie to kind of push back on, or actually all of the girls to kind of push back on. I think they she's like push back the- and internalize. I think they yeah. do both. Like, I think that's right. And I think that's why Ina's a good character, because it's like when I see her on screen, I'm like, I'm not in my 50s, but I still think it's like, dude, if you ever get married at any age and want to wear a white dress, I would never make fun of someone for doing that or like. No. But at the same time, I, I understand that we're all marinating in this stew of like these weird fake ages and you know these weird fake goalposts yes Mm -hmm. which is so funny because then once you're like actually at the age that you think is like the scary age you're like this is fine like it's all fine exactly (laughs) it's just it's just the anticipation i mean every time i've been wrong i remember being afraid to turn 19 wait that's hilarious jamie i remember like distinctly the big one nine I was like, this is the last stop before like my 20s. And I remember being like, and then I turned 19. I'm like, what the fuck was I worried about? Okay, wait, this is a tangent. But what age were you most excited to turn? For me, it was 13 because I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be a teenager. My boobs are going to be so big. Oh, (laughs) I think 13 was a big one. Yeah, maybe 16. Into the teens. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think 10 actually for me. I remember 10 being like the big one. Oh, I was pretty double digits. Yeah. Double digits. Yeah. You have to wait 90 years for the next time you jump a whole level. It's a a nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, so Carrie heads to her wedding shoot where she models dress after dress. This was again, it's like Michael Patrick King knows how to make a movie for me. They were stunning. (laughs) Every single one. Um, But one dress stands out, Vivian Westwood. Vivian even goes so far as to send the beautiful, wildly expensive couture dress to Carrie as a gift afterwards. Later, Carrie and Big have a talk, and Carrie leafs through a book of love letters from the library. She's trying to write something new, write a new project, and she wants to write about, she said that Most of her writing up until now has been about finding love. And now she wants to write about being in love. Mm -hmm. And when and she tells um, Big that, like, why haven't you ever written me a love letter? And he says he'll do it with her vows. When she returns the book at the New York Public Library, there's a wedding being set up and she gets an inspiration. This is where she wants to get married, where all the best love stories have been told. Miranda, Steve, Magda, and Brady all have dinner at an Italian restaurant where Miranda is stressed out. Brady isn't sleeping through the night. It is so annoying. When she gets a bit of milk foam on her upper lip, Miranda even snaps at Steve for pointing it out. But he pushes through and puts some milk on his own lip. They have sex back at home later, which uh, doesn't go great. How often do you guys have sex? Snap. Miranda, please. What? 
She's three. She doesn't know what it means. I'm 41, and I still don't know what it means. I know, but she is repeating everything. If I'd known the girl talk was going to be on lockdown, I wouldn't have flown 3,000 miles. No, we can talk. Let's just not use that word. Fine. How often do you guys... Color? Thank you. Well, I can't color enough. I could color all day, every day if I had my way. I would use every crayon in my box. We get it. You love to color. Why are you asking? Well, last night, Steve and I were coloring, and I was just about to come. I'm sorry, there's no crayon equivalent. And he wanted to switch positions, <laughs> and I said, let's just get it over with. He kept trying to make it last longer. And this is bad. It is when you have a full-time job. I have a full-time job. Well, you don't also have a five-year-old and playdates and PTA meetings and a mother-in-law in a rest home with advancing Alzheimer's. We're just going through a no-coloring phase. It comes and goes, right? Every couple is different. Harry and I make love two, three times a week. Great, now I feel worse. Well, what was the last time for you? Six months ago. Oh, my. Sounds long. <laughs> but, but, but that's a dry spell. I bet it is. Hey, Carrie. Hmm? What about you and Big? Mm. Come on. I told... Tell. Mm -mm. But I will tell you this. When Big colors, he rarely stays inside the lines. <laughs> well, this has been very helpful. <laughs> You know what? This goes to a point that you brought up to me, Jamie, that I think is really interesting that I think the listeners have also really agreed with you on, which is that like Carrie is like such a fucking prude. Like even Charlotte <laughs> is like, this is how long. And Carrie, the sex writer, yeah, you is guys like, are best friends and you can't like give a number to your friend who's like truly like her relationship is drying up. And like, why wouldn't you want to comfort her in that moment either? That's yes, a hundred percent. But like your job was literally to like, overshare everything about yes. your sex life for yes. it's still your job and now all of a sudden you're like this weird like, meek mm -mm, prude i don't we don't kiss and tell you're like <laughs> what you'll have to read you about it yeah you kiss and you everyone else's kisses she tells but her own that's a good way to put it and it's also as you've said it's like she's such a prude sex writer mm -hmm. yeah yeah i yeah what do you think yeah, about I, it bothered me what did you think about moran i think Miranda's a really complicated character because I think I think she can really take it too far like you know she's under a lot of stress she's um very uh wound tight she's very mm -hmm. controlling and we love her for it um but I do think that they were not hard enough on her for saying that to her partner like get it done already or what exactly did she yeah. say what was the Yeah, just get it over get it over with already. I mean, male, female, non-binary, anyone hearing that from their sexual partner would terrible. It would be you would get so insecure and uh. in your head and feel so shitty. And it's like really interesting that nobody is kind like Miranda's so harsh with them when she has something to say. And it's amazing mm -hmm. that nobody's like, hey Miranda, maybe stop being like a fucking bitch for like one second to your husband. Like it's just she really yeah. dishes it out, but they don't really dish it out back because I feel yeah, like they got very cutesy with the crayon metaphor. And I think it, I think what you're saying is it was an opportunity for it to like you don't need to like fix this moment with jokes. You can kind of just like live in it and like see where the conversation takes you versus. Yeah, I don't know. 
Well, it's just interesting because it's like there's just no sense of like, do you okay, you haven't had sex with your husband in six months. And when he tries, you get mad at him. That actually is a big deal. Six months yeah, is a, a long huge time. deal. Yeah. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with you or him, but like, yeah, probably it's like they're not actually trying to solve the problem or even figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody pulls on the thread of because she frames it as she has a full time job or whatever. Like she immediately deflects and no one's like, well, let's not explore that deflection. But like, yeah, that's they should. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I, I just think it's interesting how like, I guess because of time and it's a show and it's a comedy, it's like. In real life, if your your friend said that, you at least one out of three friends would be like, hey, Miranda, what do you think that's about? Are you still attracted to your husband? Do you still have romantic feelings for him? Are, are you right. body shame issues? Are you depressed right now? Like, yeah, they also, from a writing standpoint, could have circled back like it, they can do their little runner about crayons and all this stuff. And then someone could say, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just hung up on the fact that. It's been six months. Like, there's a way to get your jokes in and still navigate that conversation a little deeper. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like Miranda's almost more concerned about what's normal compared to her friends than, like, the fact that she hasn't had sex in six months. Also, I don't Mm -hmm. like her. I got to say, I don't love her being like, that's normal, right? You're like, come on, girl. Come on, Miranda. Six months? You're a genius, and you know that's not. Like, I would like her to not be, I would like her to not be so, like, play it so dumb. I I don't think that actually makes sense for the character choice. I think that's more something that would happen with Charlotte. Charlotte, if Charlotte and Harry weren't having sex, she would be like, that's not that big of a deal, right, guys? Like, Miranda would be like, guys, I fucking said the worst fucking thing in bed, and I can't believe I said it. That's where she should have started. Yeah. Yeah. I do love that Charlotte and Harry are just like going at it. They like love know, each other. Love They're so horny for each yeah, other. Love that two rules. Or three times a week. And I was like, oh, which I think is a great amount. I think that's it a lot. is. Yeah, I kind of love that they say that. I think that's like a nice thing to put out there. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I thought it yeah. was a good number. Well, I also think like, okay, clearly I do not have a child, and I don't know how hard it is. But let's be clear about something. Miranda didn't just have a baby. He's five years old. It's not like her blown body is like blown out from pregnancy. It's a month later. Mm-hmm. He's five years old. They have full time help. She has yep. makes she's rich. She has full time care. She can go on right. a date anytime she wants. She works a full time job, which we all do. So it's like it's not like, oh, I can't have sex with them. I'm a single mother of three. I work three jobs. She works no. one job with full time help. And Steve is home a lot as well. So it's like, it's not, I don't know, maybe I sound no, like a totally a gr- big bitch. No, I, but think, I think that's a really good point. I think that. Yeah, Brady's yeah. fine. He's going to preschool. It's not like they're juggling this unsurmountable thing with and not and they're broke. They've got like a beautiful town home in Brooklyn. It's just right. Yeah, no, it's not. It, that's not who would have those problems. Yeah, or if you do, it just, I don't know if you could fully blame it on Brady because that, yeah, that's what I mean. It's not that you, she obviously does have those problems. Yeah. I mean, like, to to blame it on your job and stuff, you're like, I just don't think that's what's going on. And again, it just, it's like some, it's like Miranda playing dumb. And I don't yeah. like when Miranda plays dumb. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because I don't remember what happens in, I haven't seen the last half of the movie, and I don't even know if they're ever going to address it. My gut is going to tell me that they're not going to address why 
that that happened. I think they're going to resolve this other issue we haven't brought up yet. But I have a feeling, you know, Miranda's not good at talking about her feelings. So if there has been a problem in the last six months. If she's been, you know, whether she needs to be on anxiety meds or whatever, like, I don't even think we'll end up figuring that out. Like, no, I don't think we're going to go that deep. Okay, guys. Well, that is how far we got into the movie and, you know, to be continued in multiple parts, which you can look forward to. Um, And we're going to end with uh, what we always end with. I'm horny for Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we're currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? I am horny for the Tina Turner documentary. And I'm really sorry, but I don't remember if it's on Netflix or HBO Max. I think it's HBO, HBO Max. Yeah. Um, she has an incredible life story. She's incredibly strong, talented, beautiful. She's a black rock and roll singer, which I feel like doesn't get enough credit. And yeah, it's a great doc, whether you have a particular feeling about her music or not, it's just a great doc. Okay, great. Jamie, what are you horny for? I am horny for, um, I've gotten really into using blush as eyeshadow and yeah, I'm really into like using products that are not meant for a certain thing as that certain thing. So like I'll do the same blush on my eyes and, um, or sometimes I'll even like use lipstick as blush. Like I love like trying to come up with multiple purposes for makeup and, uh, yeah. So that's what I'm horny for right now. Fab. I love it. All right, guys, that is the end of our episode. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production, executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.